Have you ever had a role model, the kind of person who points you in the right direction and gives good advice? They often help bring out the best in you and help you put away the worst in you. But what happens when a role model gets taken away at a pivotal time? Let's find out. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Fire! Yes, and that includes sound effects. I'm Timothy Gregory, bringing you the story of a man whose father brought out the best in him. But when he passed, the worst in him seemed to be all that was left. That is, until he found the ultimate role model. That's what we'll explore in today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. The true story of Kyle A. Bear. It's about time you showed up. I said I had plans with the guys after work, Sue. You didn't say you were going to miss dinner. I had to eat alone with your mom and your aunt. So? So? I wanted to die. You know your mom can't stand me. She'd like you better if you'd clean yourself up a bit. So would I. You're one to talk. You stink of booze. Well, it sounds like you've had a bit to drink yourself, so back off. I bet you weren't just hanging out with the guys either. Jan told me she saw you at Mardi Gras with some airhead. Oh, yeah? What else did Jan tell you? She thinks I can do a lot better than... In a small New Orleans suburb, a little boy led a happy, carefree life, surrounded by family who loved him. But it doesn't take much to shake up a stable household. And in one instant, that little boy's life changed from innocence to tragedy. You'll hear all about it as we bring you the true story of Kyle A. Bear, right now on Unshackled. I wasn't always an angry guy. My parents raised me with love and taught me good values. Mama worked as a high school teacher, and my dad was an engineer. I admired my dad and followed him everywhere. I especially found joy in helping him work around the house. Then, at the age of five, something happened that would change my life forever. That day started out just like any other. Dad was renovating the kitchen and getting ready to install some new blue laminate countertops. Now I'm mixing up some glue to attach the Formica. Hey, you, that stinks. Yeah, I know. But we need strong glue to hold everything in place. We want the countertops to look perfect for Thanksgiving. Can't wait to see Aunt Kathy. Mom has a real feast prepared. Why don't you stand outside till I'm done with the glue? I don't want you breathing in these fumes. Okay. Don't come in here, son. There's a fire. You'll get burned. I won't leave you, Daddy. Son, Kyle, get on the floor. Roll on the floor. Kyle? Johnny? I'll get the hose. What happened? Mama! I brought some blankets to put out the flames. You're gonna be okay, baby. Well, the flames are going out. 
Are you all right, hon? Just, just some mana burns. But our son... Oh, no, 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 no. I'll call an ambulance. Don't worry, buddy. Don't worry. Help is on the way. My dad forgot to turn off the gas stove's pilot light before working with the extremely flammable adhesive, which caused the can of glue to ignite. When I ran back into the kitchen to help him, the can fell on me and covered my body in flames. When my mom couldn't put out the blaze with blankets, she lay her body on top of mine until she extinguished the fire. I spent the next two years in hospital, recovering from severe burns that covered and disfigured my face and body. Good morning, Kyle. Are we ready to change our bandages? No, it hurts. I hate it. Now, Kyle, it won't be that bad. I hate it. We gave you a little morphine to make you feel more comfortable. What's that? It's just a type of medicine we use to help with the pain. Now, take a deep breath. And breathe out. <sighs> You're being very brave. Okay. All done. And I have some good news. Your dad's here to see you. Good. Can you leave now? Of course. I'll give you some privacy. Mr. Hebert, you can come in now. Daddy, Aunt Kathy. How you doing, son? I hate my nurse. She rips off my bandages. It hurts so much. I know, honey. You look so much better now, though. They're doing a good job helping you. I don't care. I hate everyone. I want to be dead. Don't say that, Kyle. We love you. You have a lot to live for. You have your whole future ahead of you. That's right, Kyle. Your mom and dad and I love you very much. I love you too, but I don't want to be here. I hate everyone here. The nurses and doctors, I want to go home. I know, son. No more medicine or bandages. I want to go home and play. It won't be long. Just a few more months, and then everything will be like it was before the accident. I finally recovered enough to get out of the hospital, but I knew my life wouldn't be normal again for a long time, if ever. My growing hatred of others, which began in the hospital, deepened when I faced bullying in school. Hey, Scarface! Stop calling me that. Scarface, Scarface! My name is Carl. Do you think you're special or something? No. Now, how come you get a special classroom all to yourself? The doctor says I can't be around other kids. Too many germs. <laughs> Good. I'd throw up if I had a look at your face all day. I'm glad you're not in our class. Shut up! Hey! Get off me, you freak! That was the first time my inner anger turned physical. It felt good to hurt someone who had hurt me. My dad tried to turn my aggression into a positive thing. Son, your teacher tells me you've been getting into some fistfights at school. The other kids pick on me because of my burns. I have to stand up for myself. I understand, but you're getting older now. You need to start thinking about the future. You don't want to get a bad reputation. What am I supposed to do? Just sit there and take everyone's abuse? No. But I bet you could earn their respect, though. What do you think about joining a sport? You're just about fully recovered. With your doctor's approval, we can sign you up in the fall. In fifth grade, I signed up for football. 
Beating the other team proved to be a healthy and satisfying outlet for my pent-up aggression. Instead of fighting and getting into trouble, I brought pride to my school and earned respect as a star athlete. I continued playing in high school and broke athletic records. It helped that my dad came to every practice and cheered me on. After the last game of the season, he told me some great news. Congratulations on another winning game, Kyle. Yeah, I'm gonna miss this place. But you're going on to bigger things. Full football scholarship. I can't wait. I still haven't picked my major yet, though. Don't worry too much about that. Your mother and I invested in a grocery store. You can help us run the shop after school. And when we retire, it can be yours. Wow, Dad. That's awesome. I'll get to work alongside you. Maybe I'll study management or advertising, something that can help our business. You've come a long way, Kyle. Whatever you choose to do, I'll be so proud of you. Everything I did was for my dad. Playing football, earning good grades, getting into college. I did it all to make my dad proud. Now, nearing my high school graduation, I saw a bright future ahead. I'd go on to university and play football while earning my degree and working part-time at my parents' grocery store. I was living the American dream, or so I thought. <gasps> Johnny! Would you get up? Get up! Oh, come on, don't tease me like this, Johnny. Johnny! John? Oh, no. No, no, no. Oh, Kyle, come quick. Hurry up, get in here. What's wrong? What is it, Mom? Oh, Kyle, something terrible happened. Your daddy... Your daddy is dead. With that terrible news, my hopes and dreams vanished. Now I had nothing, no one to work for. My anger returned and once again, I let hatred and resentment take over my life. Folks, we'll get back to Kyle's story in just a moment, but first, I wanna share a bit about how our ministry is able to bring hope to people all over the world. Unshackled is now in its 71st year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, Unshackled. We take checks. You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, back to the true story of Kyle A. Bear.
When my father died, my plans for the future died with him. I saw no point in continuing my studies or playing sports. It didn't take long to find a more destructive outlet for my negative feelings. Hey, Kyle. Sorry to hear about your dad. Thanks. If you're up for it, some of us are having a little get-together at my place after school. I don't know. Might cheer you up. I knew that guy was involved in a motorcycle gang. He skipped school a lot, and when he showed up, he stank of liquor. He was a far cry from the friends I'd made through sports. But I needed a change. And with my father gone, I needed a sense of family and belonging. I went to his house expecting a rough party, but nothing as wild as what I walked into. I always thought you were a goody-goody, but you really know how to drink. <laughs> I'm full of surprises. I have a little surprise for you. If you really want to relax, I snagged some pain pills from my grandma's medicine cabinet. Huh. I guess I'll try one. I haven't taken these since I was five years old. What? As a kid, I spent a lot of time in the hospital. They gave me drugs to ease my pain. Uh, you're harder than I thought, Kyle. I wasn't sure you fit in with us, but I changed my mind. We're gonna have some fun. Whoa, whoa, who called the cops? Be cool, everyone. I'll do the talking. I graduated that year, barely, but I no longer cared about college. I just wanted to impress my fellow gang members. I did anything they wanted me to. I spent my days drinking, taking drugs, and fighting. Between 1983 and 1999, I'd earned a long rap sheet with 98 arrests and four felony convictions. The last felony was different from the rest. It involved my girlfriend, Sue. Our relationship revolved around drinking and arguing. My mom didn't approve of Sue, and to be honest, I didn't like her much either. At the time, I thought having a girlfriend, any girlfriend, was better than being alone. It's about time you showed up. I said I had plans with the guys after work, Sue. You didn't say you were going to miss dinner. I had to eat alone with your mom and nanny, your aunt. So? So? I wanted to die. You know your mom can't stand me. She'd like you better if you'd clean yourself up a bit. So would I. You're one to talk. You stink of booze. Sounds like you've had a bit to drink yourself, so back off. I bet you weren't just hanging out with the guys, either. Jan told me she saw you at Mardi Gras with some airhead. Oh, yeah? What else did Jan tell you? She thinks I can do a lot better than... <laughs> Jan thinks you can do better, huh? Huh? What's going on out here? Stay out of it, Nanny. Kyle, stop. You're gonna kill her. Oh. 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 What's wrong with you? Sorry, Nanny. I warned you not to get involved. I'd never hit a woman before. My father didn't raise me that way. I hated myself for hurting my aunt, especially after she'd been so kind to me all my life. I remember she took the time to visit me in the hospital, and this is how I repaid her? 
My violent, drug-addled lifestyle turned me into a monster. I didn't want to hurt anyone anymore, and especially not a family member who loved and cared for me. So, I turned myself in at the police station and was charged with attempted murder. An unexpected visitor came to see me as I sat in jail, awaiting my sentence. How are you, Kyle? I'm surprised you came to see me after what I did to you, Nanny. We knew you weren't feeling well for a long time. I wish we could have helped you before it came to this. No. I'm the... I'm the only one to blame. I can't believe I hurt you. I'll never forgive myself. I still love you, Kyle. And I forgive you. Thank you. I don't deserve it, but thank you. I wish there was some way I could make it up to you. I just want you to get your life together. They're going to send me to prison. I know they will. You're probably right. But this might be what you need right now. I knew I deserved to go to prison for what I'd done. And I knew I would have to get used to it and get my act together if I ever wanted a chance at parole. I spent hours sitting on my bunk thinking about my crimes. Then, I grabbed a book to read. A holy Bible. I opened it to the second chapter in Ephesians. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I never noticed this part of the Bible before. Huh. So God loves us even when we do bad things. <sighs> Hard to believe that anyone could love me after what I did. Grace, huh? My trial came and the judge sentenced me to 40 years in Angola, better known as America's bloodiest prison. I heard that 85% of men who went to Angola never came out. It was a camp for lifers. And for a man in his 30s, a 40-year term is basically a life sentence. As my bus rolled up to the prison yard, I saw the place where I'd likely be spending the rest of my life. A sign hanging out front said, The Land of New Beginnings. As much as I dreaded the coming years, that sign gave me a bit of comfort. Then, I met my warden. Welcome, Kyle. My name is Burl Kane. I know it must be difficult adjusting to such a different environment. You have any questions about Angola? I'm not sure what to ask first, but I must say... Y'all are a lot nicer than I expected. <laughs> that a fact. Well, I'm kind of new and I have to work here full time. Work is a lot easier when people are nice to you. 
And kindness goes both ways. That makes sense. My mom told me to take care of men's souls. Most men are in here for life, but life is short. What do you think will happen after you die? I'm still trying to figure that out. I read the Bible a little when I was in jail. I want to forgive myself for what I've done, and I want God to forgive me too. I'd love to talk to you more about that if you like. But first, I'm supposed to find a job for you. You know any trades? A few. My dad taught me a lot before he died, so I'm pretty handy. Really? You know anything about duct work? I need someone to install a cooling system for a new chapel we'll build it in your camp. I would love to. Thank you for the opportunity, sir. Thank you, Kyle. And I look forward to talking to you more about the Bible. While working on the new chapel, I met another prisoner named Ronald who had studied the Bible in depth and even had a theology degree. During our coffee breaks, we studied scripture and prayed together. He helped me make sense of God's plan for salvation. The chapel's almost finished. Can't wait for us to have a special place to worship God. Beryl Kane was so nice to give me this job. I thought criminals were supposed to suffer as punishment for all the terrible things they did, but this is the most peaceful place I've been in a long time. A lot of people believe criminals should suffer, but the truth is, everyone has done terrible things. It's human nature. A lot of people get away with their crimes here on earth, but God sees everything. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I read in Ephesians that God even loves sinners. Does that mean he forgives me? He will forgive you if you put your faith in him and call to him in prayer. That's why he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to live on earth and pay the price for our wrongdoings. I'm not sure how to ask God to do that. That's what I want, but can you help me? I'd be happy to. Do you want to pray? I, I don't really know how. You can just say it with me. Heavenly Father, I admit that I am a sinner, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. Heavenly Father, I admit that I am a sinner, and I'm asking for your forgiveness. Please be my Savior and guide my life so that I can be more like you. Please be my Savior and guide my life so that I can be more like you. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. What's next? <laughs> this is the first step. Next, begin the process of living your life for the Lord. Submit to Him. Pray to Him. Read God's Word every day and worship Him. Over time, He will begin to sanctify you and grow you through the power of the Holy Spirit. Kyle, God forgives you. Do you feel any different? I actually do. I started feeling different when my aunt forgave me and when I read the Bible. I, I mean, when I really read it for the first time. Even though I'm in prison, I feel more free and less lonely than ever. That's the power of God's grace. The Bible says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you an heart of flesh.
Studying scripture had softened my heart and made me desire to do God's will. It was the perfect preparation for what came next. Kyle, your visitor has arrived. I still don't know who it could be. I wasn't expecting... Hello. A young woman. Hi. Kyle, you don't remember me, do you? I, um... You look so familiar, but I'm sorry. Can you remind me of your name? I'm Melissa. We met at Mardi Gras in New Orleans a couple years ago. Oh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was drunk. So was I. We both made a mistake that night. I see a ring on your finger. Congratulations. Oh. I, I meant to tell you. I'm married. And I've been married for a long time. I cheated on my husband. With you. But he forgave me and... We're going to stay together. Does he know you came to visit me? Yes. He and I talked about this a lot. I came here to show you a picture. Here. This little boy. Very cute. Is he yours? He's our son, Kyle. His name is Matthew. I got pregnant after a night together. I couldn't lie to my husband and... We agreed it was best to tell you about it. Thank you, Melissa. I have to say that this is quite a shock. We want Matthew to know who his father is. It's not right to lie to a child or to hide a son from his father. Would it be okay for him to write you letters? Of course. <laughs> wow. I can't believe I'm a dad. I hope you can meet him in person someday. He's such a good boy, and he looks just like you. My son's name, Matthew, means gift of God, and he was more precious than any gift I could have imagined. Now, I felt more determined than ever to be the best role model for my son that I could be. I started studying scripture more seriously and I enrolled in seminary classes. Then, my warden, Burl Kane, told me about a special new program. That must have been a real shock hearing about your son. You can say that again. I just wish he had a better role model. I heard that the sons of prisoners are seven times more likely to become prisoners themselves. That may be true, but there are plenty of exceptions. That's why I started the Malachi Dads program. What's that? Well, it's a faith-based program that encourages fathers to study the Bible and write letters to their children. We also sponsor an annual festival that allows inmates and their children to reunite in a fun setting. That sounds like a dream come true. I thought you'd like it. I'll get you the paperwork to sign up right now. After years of prison time and Bible study and years of exchanging letters, I finally had the chance to meet Matthew in person. Angola Prison along with Awana, co-sponsored a special fair called Returning Heart Celebration that allowed over 500 children and their inmate fathers a chance to reunite. The event took place outside with carnival rides, basketball hoops, and inflatable slides for the kids. The guards wore regular clothes to create a more normal setting. Best of all, there were no barriers between the children and their dads. Tears came to my eyes when I saw Matthew run towards me for the first time. 
I held him in a loving embrace. Matthew, I read all of your letters over and over again. I can't believe you're finally in my arms. I'm sorry I couldn't have been with you in person. I forgive you, Dad. I can tell you love me from your letters, and I love you too. Meeting me now, you'd have a hard time believing my violent past, but God's power can transform anyone. God gets all the credit for my transformation. Even though my parole was denied, I still have faith and hope. And even though I can't always be with my son Matthew in person, we have all of eternity to spend together. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Before prison, Kyle was shackled by drugs, alcohol, and his uncontrollable anger. It was only when he surrendered to Christ that he found freedom, even behind bars. You can find freedom too, listening friend, when you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior. Why not do so now? If you need help in making this crucial decision, get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission. 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607, or call 1-888-NEED-HIM. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled in Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the prize for this sweepstakes contest is another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is Psalm 51.10, which says, Create in me a clean heart, O God and renew a right spirit within me. This is a gorgeous little thing, especially if you're looking for daily inspiration from Scripture. You will love this authentic wooden plaque. The plaque has been sawn from a tree branch or log and cut in such a way as to retain as much of the bark around the perimeter as possible. If you'd like a peek at this Scripture plaque, you're welcome to visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org and stop by the audio drama page for the picture. Now, unfortunately, folks, we are only able to mail this plaque to locations within the United States, so our drawing is limited to U.S. addresses. But if you reside in the U.S., all you have to do to enter our sweepstakes drawing is call 312-281-1264 or email podcast at unshackled.org and give us your name, phone number, and email. 
That's your name, phone number, and email. The winner of the sweepstakes for this beautiful scripture plaque will be announced December 19th. But the deadline for entry is December 3rd. That's December 3rd as the deadline for entry. We look forward to hearing from you. And next time... Dave! Dad, okay, hey, buddy, just relax. I said get out of the car! No, Dave! So it's true. You are having an affair with this guy. His wife was having an affair, so his outrage was justified, right? Don't you hit him! Let go of me! You've been messing with my wife, you lousy... Except that the man in our story was himself no stranger to infidelity and adultery. I married, divorced, and married again. Always drawn by a lust for more. I was a number one with girls. Being faithful didn't come naturally to Dave Tripichano. Not until he met someone who exemplified fidelity. Sometimes I just want to run away and hide. You know, God never said it would be easy. He did say, I will never leave you or forsake you. Don't miss this tragic yet relevant testimony. It's the true testimony of Dave Tripichano. Another true dramatization coming soon on Unshackled. Heard in the true story of Kyle Hebert were Jeff Parker, Mark Forrest, Jane Hahnemann, Elizabeth Argus, Angela Morris, and Demetrius Troy. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Martin Robinson. Recording engineer, David Pierczynski. Audio engineer, Michael Kahn. Script, Chrissy Spallone. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.